And welcome back to another episode of Wrestling with Romance. It's me, your co-host Light the Dean. And on today's episode, Jack's going to tell us where he currently is when it comes down to his positioning in the dating world. Um, he currently may have someone possible of interest, but who knows? You know how it is out there. The dating world's a little weird. But Jack tells us about the joy he feels in, you know, igniting and finding a crush. Um, we talk about how truly and honestly everything in the world right now is wrestling. If you look at everything going on in the NBA, NFL, UFC, even though that's, you know, sports, I mean combat sports, everything is wrestling. And we break it down and we kind of get into a really passionate conversation about it. And then at the end, we jump even further into details about the organizations that we started on our last episode, Creative Promotion. So check that out at the end. We talk about how we're going to run our shows, how often, what type of locations we're doing, how often we may be even looking to do shows, and which ways we want the shows to be, and what platforms we want the shows to actually be on. So it's actually a very insightful conversation as we both had to really sit down and think about it in depth for what we are creating. So we hope you guys enjoy it. If you have any ideas for your own promotion, share that with us. Our DMs are open at Wrestling with Wrestling with Romance Podcast. That's our Instagram. And you can do Romance Pod. You you go to the gym, right? Oh yeah. I right now go three to five times a week. Okay, big man over here. Only <laughs> are you eight and a half feet tall? You bench pass four hundred and fifty pounds. Whoa, 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 not that close yet. All right, first of all, I'm not eight feet tall. I'm basically just Cat five lies. <laughs> I'm um, four hundred. If I did, I think I'd be at a tryout right now. <laughs> I I hate working out. I love training. I hate working out. Like, I love, you know, going out on the hill and training for, um, you know, whatever ski thing I'm going into or for, you know, my boxing. I love training for boxing, shadow, drills, hitting the heavy bag, speed bag, whatever. Um, I hate hit lifting weights. I, um, I hate running on the treadmill. I, I won't run on the treadmill full stop. Um, if I'm running, it has to be outside. I don't care if it's snowing or the temperature. I will not get on a fucking treadmill. It's just like I, it's it's the feeling of being a hamster. Yeah, that drives me crazy. Absolutely. I so I'm not a treadmill runner. One, I feel like it hurts my shins more than regular running. I don't know if that's just in my head, but then also it's just I feel I feel like i'm in a hamster wheel like i actually feel like i'm in a hamster wheel just running and it's just this weird feeling it's the same thing why i don't do yoga it's like i don't i'm not gonna be in one spot and sweating like if i'm gonna be sweating i want to be moving I like i hate the sweat i think that's why skiing is so appealing to me because i can be physical without sweating that makes sense. Funny enough, I just came from the gym. Like, I'm still in my gym. Class <laughs> like, I just came out of the gym. Like, as soon, I won't, like, if, you know, when I'm driving home from the gym, I'm usually shirtless or I put my sweatshirt back on and took my t-shirt off. Like, I, right. I hate even the feeling of, like, a t-shirt, like, of a sweaty t-shirt on me. Mm, I got you. 
but I've been the gym I've been at for the past few years was just my clubhouse in Aspen. You know, the clubhouse has a gym. You work out there. Cool. All simple and fine to myself. Is that wait something's rumbling? Sorry, I touched something. <laughs> Continue. I was very enthralled with your story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just work out the clubhouse. Um, mm-hmm. And the only other people who work out at the clubhouse are other coaches or the athletes. Right. But when I moved to Vail, we still get a free gym membership, um, but it's it's a gym open to anybody. Mm-hmm. And because I, my boxing training has hit a new level, I've actually started lifting weights to go with it and, and going harder. And like... Unless it's kind of trailed off in the winter, just because I'm, you know, I'm going nine thirty to three thirty on the hill most days, Mm -hmm. and I can, I can't make hit the gym every day. And when I do hit the gym, I don't do these crazy like three and a half hour workouts I was doing during the fall. Three and a half hours. Yeah, because I would do shadow boxing, and Um... be working different sets. Like I would do, um, I would work one combination, mm-hmm. just one combination, three sets, 15 minutes. And then I would do another combination, just one set of uh, 15 minutes, three sets. And then I would do freestyle and, you know, time fucking adds up. And right. then I would, and then I would go hit weights, which was mm-hmm. like another hour. Um, but during this time, all this time at this gym, I developed yes. my first gym crush. Ooh, we have a gym crush, people. We have crushes in the building. Yeah, see how this and like, isn't there's nothing better than a than a crush like that first and a crush a a removed crush. Um, like you know, you can have you know, like there's the work crush, there's gym crush, uh, yeah. there's your you know, for me, you can have like the on the hill crush. Right. Um, it's it's like the removed crush because it's not real. You don't know them. It, there's no like you you've said some things to them. Yeah. But not enough to warrant any type of like friendship. Uh, it's an acquaintance who it's a like a special interest acquaintance, pretty much. I like to equate it to admiration from a distance. Like I'm yeah. admiring you from a distance. Yes, and there's something special about it because it's innocent. Mm-hmm. There's no deeper feelings. It's innocent because it's purely physical. Right. So it's easy. And you don't have to think about it too much. And when you see them, you get a little extra boost. Mm-hmm. So there was this girl who was at the gym when I was there. Whenever I saw her, she was going so fucking hard that I would get pumped up. Like I would get excited. You know, <laughs> I got to go harder because she's going so hard. He's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And like, I, and I, especially at the gym, I keep myself to myself and she's doing her workouts and I'm not, I don't I'm not even really looking. I'm just noticing. I'm noticing how hard she's going and she's got a little notebook 
and she's like writing things down as she goes. I'm like, that's cool. Oh, she's a gym girl. Like she ain't just like, oh, I go work out. She's a gym girl. Gotcha. But she's not obnoxious about it. I know the no. type you're talking about. And she's not that. She's not um there's, there's levels to gym girls. Okay, fine. She's not on the highest level, but she's in that, oh, I take this shit serious. Like I'm throwing some weight around. Like I'm not playing around, like this is getting done. She does more skill based workouts. Okay. Which is also very appealing to me. Like that's also what caught my eye. I guess that goes with what like a gym crush is. As I yeah. learn about these things for the first time with my first gym crush, <laughs> is we have similar workouts. Our workouts are more skill and balance based. Mm -hmm. I see her a bunch. She's very cute. She's got a full body. Um, you know. Skinny models, you can keep those. I like big corn-fed Midwestern hoes. Ladies, ladies, you like big corn-fed ladies. Ladies, don't ladies. go by those other words. <laughs> don't go by those other... She's okay with. It. <laughs> She's okay with. It. It's, I mean, yeah, like I got, I got a sweatshirt in my closet that says "slut is a social construct." Like I don't really believe in any of that shit. It's all love like whatever you want to do with your body and with yourself i am a hundred percent for right it's it's and not even like a hundred percent not just a hundred percent for i don't think it fucking matters like it's just not that really deep don't. like yeah. who cares like if you like the fuck and somebody doesn't like the fuck or somebody likes to fuck a little or somebody likes to fuck a lot someone likes to fuck one person or somebody who likes to fuck a thousand just let people fuck that is between you and your door and your bed. That is nothing. Uh, that is none of my business. And I think too many people make it their business. But yeah, back to your love yes. and admiration. Yes. Uh, she's got a cute little mountain tattoo on her side. Um, right, like you, in the you're same paying very close attention. <laughs> she's in a fucking joking, like fucking bippy you. top. What do you I'm want me to do? The tattoo is like shining at me. I have the I'm, same tattoo. I promise you, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> I have the same tattoo on my side. Oh, like she has her, she has the veil mountains, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you how I found out later. She, it's the veil um, mountain range, and I have Stratton Mountain, my home hill from Vermont, same place, which is why I really like took notice. Like another thing, it's That's like not only do we have thing. similar workouts, yeah, we have the same tattoo in the same spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, one time I just walked up to her when I first saw her, actually, and it was just the kindling of a crush yeah. being ignited before it had built into a bonfire. Our only interaction before uh, Saturday night, uh -huh. foreshadowing, just going to sprinkle a little bit of foreshadowing in there. Yep, just like parsley, chef dressing the plate with parsley. Mm-hmm. I just walked up to her and I just gave her a fist bump and like gave her a thumbs up as I walked away. I'm like that just because I was like so like inspired mm -hmm. by how hard she was going and how long she had been there and the different levels she was working through. And tall. I don't know if she doesn't have time for me yet, but she definitely is my type in that she's tall. Like we stand. 
Dean is now pulling his beating over <laughs> his face in some sort of like secondhand embarrassment. It's not even secondhand embarrassment. It's like, why do we go through this again? <laughs> like, we but like, she might just be nice. We don't know yet. It's not the dad. It's it's when you said, I don't know if she doesn't have time for me yet. It's like, are we going to go down this rabbit hole yet again? She seems nice. Okay, go ahead. Continue, Jack. <laughs> and then finally on Saturday, I'm there with my... I made a friend who's a kickboxer who just mm-hmm. happened to be at the same gym as me. Um, and now we do a, shot, a lot of shadowing together and we run drills together. And he's there, and we're both in the movement room mm-hmm. at the gym, which is this great little spot that's like, I want to say like 10 by 10 feet, 12 by 12 feet. Mm-hmm. Heat turned up to like 78, so when you're in there, you're just dripping sweat. Hardwood floor, mirrors, so it's like perfect you know, to train in. And we're in there and we're shadowing and she comes in and is like doing some of her stuff. And then we had stepped out, I guess, for a moment to hit weights and do whatever and came back and she was still in there and we were going to start shadow boxing, which takes up a lot of space because we're moving. Right. And obviously, I'm not going to kick her out or anybody out like I'm not a dick. Her headphones are off now, and I just go, hey, excuse me. Do you mind if we shadow in here? We'll just be moving around, and we'll keep just like as a heads up. Yeah, I'm done anyways. And I say to her, oh, like you, I'm so glad when I see you in here because like you go so hard, it gets me really excited and like makes me want to do more. And this girl smiles, like, and, and I'm a I'm a sucker for for a smile, like a big toothy grin that's totally uh, uninhibited by inhibition or insecurity. She just is, she likes to smile and she wants the world to know it. And big toothy grin, and she goes, "Oh, you know, thank you so much. Uh, it's cool." I, it's I, like radio call. Got him. <laughs> we got him boys we got him <laughs> and she says I think I used to be a competitive mogul skier yeah you want to talk about got him like just tossing me an alley-oop it's like radio. We got a killer. We yeah. got a killer. <laughs> well, she stands up, and I realize like we're the same height, and I'm not tall. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm five nine. Uh, but on Tinder, I'm six foot. No, uh, I'm five you're nine. Not that shorter than me, dude. You're like seven foot eleven. Like, uh, what are you go. talking about? Here we go with the bullshit. <laughs> here we go with the bullshit. She's. About the, yeah, we're looking eye to eye. She might even be a little bit taller than me. So now, you know, she's checking a lot of boxes. And I'm like, oh, I run the mogul program for the skiing snowboard club Vale. Like, if you used to compete, like, you should come coach with us sometime. We should ski together. And she loves it. And she's all into it. And we're talking just about skiing and the gym. And I get her number because I'm like we should go skiing together sometime 
The only red flag is that she's in nursing school and nurses are crazy people. Not, not all. You, not, <laughs> like, not, like, you're not wrong. But you're also not fully right. We can't just judge a whole group of you're people. Right. We now, can't generalize. Now, is it a little more than 50%? Possible. <laughs> you know. It's, it's nurses and teachers are... Like my red flag occupations. Wait, I've never been. I've never seen an occupation drink more than teachers. I mean, to be fair, they kind of they kind of have a, a like they deal with bad kids. They get underpaid. They ain't got the goddamn supplies and shit that they need. So fucking school districts are dicks. Like if you really look at it. There, I, it's it's it's. Necessary. I get it. I'm a judgeless person. There's still, I am. No, I'm a judgeless person. I know. I get it. Um, there's nobody or occupation or style of person who I will judge based upon their decisions rather than their principles. Right. If I can look at a person and I can be, um. And I can see a clear conscience and good intentions. I'm cool. Right. Whoever you want to be with that foundation is between you and your own God. And then, I, you know, I point out a tattoo and I ask about that. I'm like, it's a really cat- cool tattoo. And I lift up my shirt to show her mine. Mm-hmm. She says she grew up here and that's why she has the Vale Mountain. Like, yeah, I grew up. I went to high school in Stratton, and that's why I have mine. So now we're connecting on a level. I get the number, and we're going to go skiing sometime. Uh, she, my off days are Monday and Tuesday. She's also off Monday and Tuesday. I hear good things here. I hear yes. a lot of possibilities. Now, we know we've been doing this podcast. It's episode nine. You know, we've been doing this for a little bit, almost like a good ten, almost like a good three months, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's over two months, plus yeah. like our pilot and yeah. our our previous name. Yeah, actually, by the time you had to just let people know, uh, by the time you had Japan, we would have made three months doing this. Fucking thirteen days away. <laughs> so um, now I'm just saying, Jack. The one thing I love about you is your intensity. The one thing I need you to be careful of, though. I know. Is your intensity. Just slow burn. Okay, this is like, when I say slow burn, I mean slow burn, like the hangman story. You see how the hangman story again, the title took like a good two years. I need you to slow burn that, okay? Don't two years it. But also don't zero to 60. You see what I'm saying? Like, don't zero to 60. So don't, like, <laughs> like don't play it so hard to get that, uh, you know, I run into her four years from now at a bar and we somehow, like, start up what we were doing before. But also, like, don't bang in the gondola on the first date. Let's not do that. How about the first date we get to know each other? Let's. Get yes. conversations. Good. Get, get you, know, to know. you know what's a really good way to get to know each other? Oh, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet baby Jesus. What are you about to say? 
I just want you to know, if anything should happen, you know, who knows? You know, the powers is the powers to be. Well, if months ahead, months we ahead. have, of course, months ahead, if this stuff becomes something, we have to hide this episode. Like, this episode has to become something that possibly hides. Because we need this, <laughs> this debriefing of me telling you, hey, let's not come on like a fiery dragon. <laughs> it's just but it's if if it does work out, mm-hmm. she's going to have to accept, like, not even accept. She'll. I hope that she would, you know, love me for me. And that comes with my honesty. Yeah. That- and, yeah. And I don't, and and um, uh, possible future girlfriends, I don't actually plan to bang in the gondola on our first date. Yeah, that's nice. Sometimes I say things just to be funny, and that's also like something I hope that they like love me for me, even when my jokes, you know, fail terribly. You mean when you try to pop yourself, like when you put the pink bunny suit on? Yes, like when I try to put the pink bunny suit on and pop myself. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> These are all moments that lead to this, but I think this is cool. I think it's cool when you have a crush on somebody. It just, I think sometimes we forget how powerful just having a crush on somebody can be. It can make you feel alive a little bit. Um, Absolutely. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. You know, I feel like when you remember that you have emotions and feelings, especially when you're single for a while, it's different. That's also true. Every, every number is, you know, uh, is a scrap of hope. Exactly. It's a plank to walk on to keep yourself like going over the black hole of life. Listen, after the couple weeks I've had, I can only say I absolutely agree because let me tell you, that black hole is just staring me in the eyes. (laughs) Keep walking those planks. I'm kind of out of them. Um. Anyway, though, but that's amazing. Though. I'm happy for you, Jack. And honestly, man, I hope this goes good for you. I hope Me too. you give us a, a little update when you come back yeah. from Japan. Um, you know, give it some time. We gotta give it three. We we try to do the three week push over here. Um, you know, yeah. when it comes down to <laughs> we're gonna shotgun this to the pay per view. Let's see where yeah. it's at after three four weeks. Let's Build to mania, baby. Yeah, let's see if it goes back to NXT. You know, go back to the <laughs> Needs a little more seasoning. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Should we get into the show now? Wrestle with Romance, baby. Of course. And welcome back to another episode of Wrestling with Romance. I am your co-host, Life of Beam, and I am with my lovely friend and romantic human being. Oh, you called me your friend for the first time. You're my friend. <laughs> You're my friend, too. It's Jack Simon. <laughs> Uh, I guess this is my thing now. I was doing the podcast from my bed because Mondays are my day off and they'll probably be the only day where I'm off the hill too as I start having to do course maintenance. So um, this is this is my thing. I'm in bed doing the podcast from bed and I'm sore as shit and tired. Sir, you have a physical labor job. And by the time you come back from Japan, I will be back doing murals. So I'll probably be in my fucking bed right. doing the well, show. <laughs> So I understand fully. Oh man, how are you feeling today? Well, beyond your, your gym crush and everything, feeling on top of the world there. How, yeah. <laughs> how else are you feeling today? I feel great. Skiing is going well. Kids are happy. Parents are happy. Most importantly, wrestling is 
picking back up out of its dead period. We've had a few good episodes of AEW. This is um, a good weekend. This is a really good weekend. Good. It was a good week because if you go from Dynamite to Rampage, Collision, and if you count RH, it is four solid, more than solid shows. I keep waiting. Week. I keep meaning to watch ROH. You know that one thing in your life where it's like when you lay down on your bed and you close your eyes on your little pillow mm-hmm. and then you go, fuck, that thing, I forgot. ROH, watching ROH is that thing for me. I could understand that. Um, I would tell you, the ROH, I'll tell you, I can give you the matches for you. I'm just like, yeah, you can skip these if you want to. But um, there's like three, four skippable matches. But in, in the pay-per-view last weekend? Yeah, there's like three or four, which is Depending on what you're feeling for I quit matches, up to you. It's divisive. But it's a good match, but up to you on how you feel about I quit matches. I quit matches, yeah, they're not my favorite type of death match or hardcore match. They're probably my least favorite. Because right. it involves it involves a really big I never look at a character the same way after they do I quit. I could understand that. Um, but it did reunite men of the year with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. So there was that reunion in that match. So if you are interested in that, possibly you could check that out. Um, it was great when they were together. So they're running back together now. Um, so that match leads to that. Uh, they did have a Nyla Rose versus Vert Vixen match where you can skip that. Yeah, I'm um, not sure. And I'm, but now I'm also upset that I I've heard such great things about Athena and Billy Starks and oh, I really love watching Athena wrestle. Listen, and, and I've that, missed that whole fucking storyline. That match, the storyline. I've been paying attention to that storyline. Great storyline. Probably the best woman storyline AEW's done, or AEWR, whatever you want to call it, all together. Um, match is physical. Match is fucking physical. Really good ass match. Crowd is hot throughout the whole show. Um, and they did have an Eddie Kingston proving ground match again, up to you. What's you a proving ground match? So, ROH has a proving ground match where basically, if you pin the champion, this is for every division, it's basically, and this is from old ROH, it's something that they carried over into now. <clears throat> so, this has always been a thing in ROH. It's like if you survive 10 minutes or you pin the champion, you get a champ, you get a title shot, but it's like you have to basically. It's a time limit thing. Like you have to survive the ten minutes to like prove, like, oh, you're more than just like somebody that can get stepped over. You're actually like a worthy champion. I mean, one of my favorite matches. Well, not I wouldn't say favorite, but I think one of the most underrated matches from AEW was Jericho versus Jungle Boy for ten minutes. Yeah, it's kind of within that same vein. Like within the first six months of AEW. So it's in that same vein, but everything else hidden, like. Commander versus Black Taurus to start off the show. Fucking nuts. I, yeah. l- I left there just like... Commander, I thought it was Vikingo. Oh, Vikingo, excuse me. Vikingo okay. versus Black Taurus. And then Commander in the survival... Commander and Kyle Fletcher in survival of this, uh, the survival of the fittest. That last two... What's survival of the fittest? So survival of the fittest is kind of like a six-man elimination match. So it's like six people. So you had Brian Keith, Dalton Castle, Kyle Fletcher, Commander, Lee Moriarty, and Lee Johnson. 
Dalton Castle oh. should be on AEW like weekly television. Yes and no. I feel as an original ROH person, you do need him there. I don't I know why question. Taven is is like all on AEW then and not. Yeah, I mean Dalton Castle. When Dalton Castle is way more charismatic and a better wrestler, in my opinion. I feel like Taven and them wouldn't. I feel like that's why. You know, we get into another time, but I feel like that's why the devil thing has to be like the kingdoms involved because I don't see a reason to have Taven up there. If nothing, I saw a theory there. floated recently that it's more than one person. Yeah, I've seen that too, and it actually wouldn't make sense if there's two devils. It wouldn't make sense because if you look at the devil from Wednesday and then you look at the first sh- first time the devil appears, they're two different sizes. I mean, who would you be more disappointed? Of when they take off that devil mask and it's Matt Taven or Jack Perry? I don't think Taven's a devil. I think he's a henchman. Because there's nothing about Taven that gives me like, oh, you're going to give him this type of story. It makes more sense for him to be a henchman. Of course. I could also see some bullshit of like, hey, Matt Taven, everybody! Listen, we've been on a good roll. All right, we're a good role. You don't burn this, this. You don't burn this level of currency that you get now with the fans by saying, "Hey, Jungle Boy and Matt Taven are the devils." It's like I, so, but you are ready to accept Jack Perry into your heart that he is no. the devil. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Not not at all. Not at all. I think these are all red herrings. I think these are misdirections. They've done a who bunch you, of misdirections. Who do you think it is? One I said it from the beginning, it's Adam Cole. Right. I've been saying that. I've been saying that on our Zoom for like since it happened. Like that's Adam Cole. Yeah. I said it's either Adam Cole or it's Britt. I mean, it would have to be, but it's it would be. It can't be Adam Cole because he's legit hurt. And we just don't know. Yeah, true. And it can't be Britt because she's. Too small. That's why I said the first devil is smaller than the devil that showed up Wednesday. That's why I said I wouldn't be surprised if it's two and it's both of them. Yeah. Yeah. That actually would make sense. Because one of those guys is Wardlow. I don't give a fuck what it is. One of the henchmen of Wardlow. I know Wardlow's body's fucking tight from watching enough goddamn Wardlow. That's fucking Wardlow. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I don't know, I just don't want to see Wardlow as that. What, a henchman? Yeah. I think if you explain the henchman as people who've just been wronged by MJF, who want to bring him down, it's and not really... Roster. I mean, that's why everybody's... No, up I understand that at that. I, it's more of like a bums for me if Wardlow's a henchman because it's such like a supplementary role, and I thought he would get something a lot meatier for his storyline with MJF? Um, I can understand that, but we also don't know how they can spin it. I'll be honest with you, they have a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff I like. A lot of stuff that's going to be interesting. Um, So, I still, like right now, I'm enjoying so much. I'm I'm back at, I'm going to wait to see it play out. (laughs) I'm like, all right, I'm going to let it see it play out. Because 
Like even you watch Collision this weekend. Yep. So that might be my favorite Collision episode. And it was just like, God damn, there was so much on this episode. Like, I love the Daniel Garcia Eddie match. I just love the idea of Garcia kind of like figuring himself out. Like that's what this whole tournament has been. It's just like one minute when he's facing Danielson, he's the red death in the trunks with the towel back in. Then he's with Eddie going as hard as he can. You know, it's just different elements of him. Eddie having the comeback story. Mark Briscoe learning how to be a singles wrestler. Swerve's ascension. Moxie being a being Mox. <laughs> well, I guess like the idea right now is Mox is the final boss. He is. That's why I'm very interested to see. Wednesday, because it's him versus Jay White, Roosh versus Swerve, which I know is gonna be fucking insane. Oh, they're going at it on Twitter too. You know, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. give it to me. And then I find it kind of uh, poetic, like the second to third dynamite is when they did the Jay Briscoe, Mark Briscoe, like the Jay Briscoe honor match where you have Mark versus Jay Lethal. The second to last, second to like third, second or third to last episode of Dynamite this year is Jay Lethal versus Mark Briscoe. Like it opens and closes the year. I kind of find that a little poetic. Yeah. So, you know, I'm there's a lot. And then that Blue League is fucking nuts. Uh, Claudio and Andrade was amazing. Yes. I'm, I said this in. Maybe a hot take. Oh boy, the straight man. This run, <laughs> this run is the greatest run of Andrade. This is better than his NXT run, because even if you look at his NXT run, people forget Suspenders top hat Andrade before he was with Selena Vega. But that we was for- that was part of storyline, though. But we also forget no one expected him to beat Drew McIntyre. So? He was not ever built to beat him, so he built. He, he really only had Johnny Gargano. He had the he had a singles match to Drake Gargano, then beat Drew McIntyre, then Johnny Gargano, twice uh, another time, like two times, and then lost it to Alistair Black. Match wise, this run since he's come back from injury, him and Buddy on the ladder match, the Continental Classic matches. It, since he came back from injury on collision, it's been one of his best runs. It's been better than his NXT run to me. I disagree. Respectfully. Oh, no, that's fine. Because I think I think I might have made this comparison on the show before, but comparison for Elliot mm-hmm. O is Ndamukong Sue. Because Ndamukong Sue came into the league and was already one of the best defensive players in the NFL. And then he just plateaued for the rest of his career. Like, he never got any better. And the thing is, he plateaued as one of the best. He just never had to get any better. And, like, he had the potential to be the greatest. He just didn't kind of feel like trying that much. And you could also squint and say Shaq, because Shaq came in with every physical gift you could ever have and could have been the greatest defensive player of all time and and arguably and the greatest player of all time, full stop. But, you know, he would That's rather true. have been Shaq. Uh, Eliudolo, from the get-go, you know, he was a prodigy from the time he was a teenager in Mexico. Yeah. 
And I think early on he fit, he realized that he can be the best without trying that hard. And he plateaued right there. Right. And he plateaued as one of the best, but you can clearly see when he's not trying. Like see, I like all those like accusations like levied against Brock Lesnar, I think are much more uh apropos for Elidolo, where if he feels like trying, it's gonna be amazing. And if he doesn't respect his opponent, he's just gonna sleepwalk through it. See, this is why I feel that's what I'm saying is to me, since he's been back from injury, <clears throat> he's been trying. There hasn't been a match that I've seen. Since, since Collision started, he's since collision. That's what I'm saying. A little bit more effort. This run since Collision started, because he had the two matches with Buddy, including that ladder match, which I think was fucking fantastic. He's had the match with Brody this past week, Wednesday. He's had the two matches with Danielson. He's had Claudio. He's had Brody King. He's like his matches. He has two Brody King matches. Holy shit. Didn't even think about that. Um, but even the Juice Robinson match, I was still into. Like, he has been hitting on a different level where I've just been like, match quality wise, I'm into everything he's been doing lately. And it's like, I'm just like, holy shit, he's so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think NXT, when he had mm. to prove himself, yes. was the biggest effort we saw out of him. Because he was the why. champion that no one expected. No one expected him to get it. It was seemed out of nowhere. He had to kind of prove himself a little bit more. And he and we got a fucking run from him. That was really good. Even though it was short. It was like, yeah. But also the most women on an AEW show was this past fucking Saturday. Hooray. It was like 11. We did it. Two matches. Three, four, three, four seconds. I'm like, hey. Continue. I hope it continues consistency because if if we can continue follow up now tony follow yeah, up like we did it once that's lovely need you to do it again <laughs> but it's like the uh i don't know i guess the, the dom can sue and shack comparisons to Lidolo has me you know thinking about what was on my heart this week where it's like all sports is pro wrestling now absolutely and it, it's something my my friend actually pointed out who's not a wrestling fan mm-hmm. but knows that i'm a huge one and said it he's like do you see the parallels in like other sports to pro wrestling and i said yeah now more than ever and he goes yes exactly that's exactly what i've been thinking yeah like ufc just to for the, our first step is is pro wrestling i mean the fights are you know, not predetermined, mm-hmm. but they are constantly trying to do, trying to organically create what pro wrestling is scripted for. Did you see uh, UFC this past Saturday? What happened? Yeah, with the two rest, with the two fighters fighting in the crowd. I'm like, that is such a wrestling shoot angle, where it's like, oh, we're shooting on each other. I'm like, y'all didn't even really swing. You guys are trained killers. <laughs> well, I, I think that was legit. But here we go. Like, Very that's the argument about it. Like, that's exactly what they want. It was like, was it real? Was it not? Yeah. That's pro wrestling. Of course. Because, like, you can say, you know, Dana White walks out there and goes, yeah, I was really dumb for me to sit them near each other. But then you're also showing 
full HD replays of the full incident after they had cut away. And it's like, okay, if you're really like this ashamed and you don't want that to continue, why are you now giving it this much attention? Of course. I mean, the story of Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington is the heel of is he's every heel yeah. wrestling. Heel. And he's and you know the story goes that he you know he came into the UFC had a few fights and then they were gonna cut him because yeah. he had won the fights but they're like we don't like your fighting style we think you're boring both like your personality and your fights mm-hmm. and then he invented this whole persona for himself which is in the words of Stone Cold just turn the character up to eleven. Exact him, Chael Sonnen before him, Conor fucking McGregor. Yeah, I mean, I his- think I think Kobe's the best example because because like he really did invent it. Like Chael and Conor are pretty much themselves. They are very uh, bombastic and audacious. Oh yeah, but I mean, like, because Chael had the similar thing as Kobe. Like they were gonna cut Chael. I didn't and know then he, yeah, he had the same thing. He was in similar, similar to Kobe. He they they brought he was already cut one time, brought back, and when he got brought back, that's when he had the character. And that's when he was doing everything to get the match with Anderson Silva and then talking. But he was he never started off his career like that. And they're so, not yeah. rewarding title shots based on the rankings. No. Like Kobe Covington has gotten three title shots because he's their top heel. He didn't have a match for like a year and a half almost. He gets the fight because he's their top heel and they sell the fight. And Leon Edwards isn't a really sexy champion. Exactly. He just also busts Kobe's ass. So there goes that. Yeah, Yeah, that's the end of I think that's pretty much the end of Kobe. You lose Um, three title matches. It's kind of like, get the fuck in the back. Yeah. (laughs) He'll, you know, but he'll hang around as a mid card, oh, of course, uh, star, and have a match. I think he called out Wonder Boy. You know, have a out, nice little match with Wonder Boy. Called out Wonder Boy, Dustin Poirier. Like he's 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 been talking about Dustin for a while. Like, come on, he's setting himself up for some titles. When I mean, that that's also what he does team. really well. Like, is he puts a lot of fighters' name into his mouth, so there's always talk about him. So he'll always get a fight. And public people talking about LeBron, all that other stuff. Yeah, I mean, and that's too like to move it past the arena of combat sports. Mm-hmm. Go look at the NBA, and we were talking about this last uh, last year. NBA fans don't even like hoops anymore. No, NBA fans hardly give a fuck about basketball. Got a good one for you. Now that we're talking about it. It's my, the in-season tournament was probably the most I've seen people care about basketball in December. Tell me they, that's not the they tell were me, hooping. Tell me that's not the Connell Classic, right? Tell, yeah. tell me that's not the Connell Classic for sure. Like it's a total <laughs> pro wrestling idea of we got nothing going on, and it's a dead time for our product. We need to invent something. Exactly. And sure, it's kind of like the whole European soccer thing as well, but. <laughs> For Amer- for I would say for the the hoopla and the showmanship mm-hmm. that went with it, totally pro wrestling. Totally. Like, there's no way you can't tell me that doesn't scream like, oh, we got Royal Rumble in January, or oh, we got another classic. Oh, let's do King of the Ring. Like that sounds like a tournament, a round robin tournament to just get you a title to get some interest. And guess what? It worked. It absolutely worked. Because it feeds for the fans, 
It feeds the storylines. Of course. And you had a really interesting one in the finals of the Pacers who have the lowest payroll in the league. Yes. And who need that 500K bonus. Like probably even more than they want it. They need it. Mm-hmm. And the the big bad Lakers who don't really need it and the cheapest, the notorious cheapest player in the league and LeBron James is like, no, I'm getting that 500K. But also, if you look at it, let's put it in other wrestling terms. LeBron is in the GOAT conversation. We can never argue that. But he also gets to have his name on this title first. Michael Jordan doesn't have an NBA cup. (laughs) Kobe don't. Wilt don't. No one does. Kareem don't. I get to say that. So it's a wrestling storyline. It's always it's all like this. It's just like finals is David and David versus Goliath. Exactly. And if you want to get a little bit more funny, you go back and watch Draymond Green for the last two months and tell me Draymond Green hasn't been watching. You watch Draymond Green for the his whole fucking career. I just wanted to focus on the last two months specifically. His career, absolutely. But the last two months, he hit a spinning hurricane like he was Eddie Kingston and (laughs) then put in the coquina clutch like he was Samoa Joe. You tell me Ah. he is not. The fear in Rudy Gobert's eyes looked like everybody when Samoa Joe puts that submission (laughs) submission on you. He's doing, like, I feel like his whole career beyond the physical acts has been a like an a Malachi Black type thing or or a Bray Wyatt type thing where he's like just trying to get into your head. Absolutely. And then his matches are more about theatrics than actual and smoke and mirrors. And that includes his incredible Hall of Fame defense. Of course. Uh, you know he's he's just flying around causing chaos because he's, he's in your like- head. You could hear him being like, I know what makes you think, brother. You ain't physical enough. Let me just, ha! <laughs> the crows that fly around inside of your brain are me on the basketball court. <laughs> I just remember the joke somebody had. And it was like when Draymond put Rudy Gobert in a headlock. There was like, you knew he was yelling, Sacre bleu! Like, Sacre bleu! Like, he was <laughs> has understood is most important like before because before sports could just rely on their product Mm -hmm. on the actual sport the game that they're playing but now that's not enough you have to have people invested in the play cares more than the people care you know it's it's you don't really have that rabid fan base outside of like like the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks, which hardly even count because they're the drizzling shits. Um, Don't tell my brother that. Not even like, (laughs) or if outside of, you know, the Yankees or um, the Oakland A's, well, formerly the fucking Oakland A's, which just makes me so sad. I can't even talk about that. Because they love that fan. Like, that was one of the last rabid fan bases left. Even when they sucked. That was one of the last rabid fan bases. Um, and that's kind of it. Look at football. Like when, the Chargers. The Chargers have all this talent and no one gives a fuck. Yeah. Um, 
Well, uh, yeah, nobody gives a fuck about teams anymore. Nobody really gives a fuck about fan bases. The Jets, the Bills, the Jets, and the Bills for sure. Absolutely, I I have three family members who are Jets fans. God bless them. I'm a, um, I have fan, kind of. I, I, I was I, I used to be a huge so my family has Jets. Sorry, uh, no, you good. My family has Jets tickets going back, season tickets going back to when they played in Shea Stadium 50 years ago. We have five decades worth of uh, Jets. Oh, y'all yes. Well, I well, my dad tells everybody that I quit. That one day I just quit, and feels so good. Um, and this stuff we've definitely talked about before. Uh, just oh, why you know how I got more into pro wrestling, mm-hmm. but that fan base is still so dedicated. Every Sunday that they have a game in MetLife, they're there. They are yeah. there. Because they've been because th- there's no choice by this point, like in for a penny and for a pound. Perfect representation of how much it's wrestling. That first night of the Jet season was a fucking movie slash wrestling scene. It's like the stars coming back. We're ready. We're gonna take over the world. And ah! what happens? Four plays in, it is yeah. over, buddy. It's kind of reminiscent have- of uh, CM Punk getting squashed. Sorry, did that hit you somewhere sensitive? Right. <laughs> yeah. But right you know who, you know who like the NFL fans do give a fuck about? Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito's getting that shotgun push. I mean, like to make New York football interesting for the last quarter of the season. I'm a fan of a certain team where it's like we've had to go through it. Um, football-wise, I'm an Eagles fan. I've been an Eagles fan all my life. Um, so I know that. I also know the drizzling shits. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. Like the Bulls, would you still count the Chicago Bulls as a rabid fan base? No, because it's just pain. We just we went from knowing champagne. No, you don't get to claim that. I am. We have won five games this season. You don't <laughs> get, but like, here's my oh, thing. Time like, time oh, time all time I know is pain. Out. Like you had the Jordan years in your lifetime. Cool. Understand that stopped when I was eight. I currently have a foundation of prestige. Let me explain something that you don't understand. That you won't understand the pain of is that Derek Rose knee thing. You will never understand the pain. Because you know why? And you Nick fans have to deal with it. And I'm happy you have to deal with it. I mean, I'm one of those NBA atheists too. That's fine. I'm not talking to you. Any Nick fan that listens to this, you motherfuckers got Tibbs who ran Derek Rose fucking D until it was out of fucking cartilage and then didn't choose to take him out while he was up fucking 20. Tell me how your player's health has been. Do we have a pro wrestling parallel for that of someone who just got ran into the ground and then like just got Undertaker kept getting booked. No, because Undertaker still had phenomenal years and Undertaker had the no, WrestleMania. But he got booked until the point where we was just like, it's Mark, it's it's time. Like, no, like, well, I'm talking about where a promoter booked a wrestler until they couldn't they had nothing left to give physically. Oh. Mm. I feel like it is because t- listen, you tell me. 
that mania with him and Roman Reigns is not the saddest WrestleMania yeah. match that you've ever seen. But I would say no because Undertaker was still getting like he had one match a year. I mean, like, the only they person, were preserving him. The only person we could talk about is maybe it's just it's Ric Flair booking Ric Flair at that point. Ric Flair, <laughs> <laughs> it's Ric Flair booking Ric Flair. At well, that I'm point. talking more of someone who was booked like a weekly on television, and it's like, oh wait, you know who it could be actually, Tanahashi. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, just let this guy be a commentator and like take a nap and relish the incredible career. He already had a great comeback story. Let's not ruin it now. You know what's the saddest part when you think about this year? In back to back weeks, Tanahashi had a match with Swerve and MJF, and they were both not good. They were both bad. And it's not because of Swerve and MJF. No, they had to. Nobody blames Tanahashi. No. Like everybody is like, we love you, but please stop. Go, just it's time. It's okay, let it go. It's okay. And you know what I feel bad about? Because God forbid it happens. If Okada really leaves in New Japan Pro Wrestling, you I have to. It, oh, they they say they, mm, who knows? Who I, knows? I I don't think it is. Um, I think, you know, we forget his wife is a huge star in Japan as well. I don't doubt and that. I know that. I knew about that. I think he's just trying to drive up cost. And that's that's kind of it. But in a world where, listen, you remember how you said there's like one of those things where there's not many things where we just be like, what the fuck? That If he was to. Okada in WWE would would be one. Would be one where it's like, this is like, that'll never happen. And then you like yeah. secretly hope. For it to happen, it's one of those things where I feel like I would throw up in my mouth a little bit. But anyway, um, also, well, yeah, okay, finish. If he leaves, and then you, you gotta retire, Tanahashi. No, bro. If Okada leaves, Tanahashi is gonna be champion. No, he can't fucking run. He can't even really properly move. Maybe not. Again saying he should or he shouldn't but he's going to be hold on you've i mean actually let me rephrase he shouldn't be a champion but he's going to be um are we Hmm. good now he's going to yeah he shouldn't be a champion but he's going he shouldn't be but he's going to be a champion you can't you just can't we you you can't do this like listen that means he that means i have to watch tanahashi facey this uh Sonata or beat Naito. Oh, I'm it's not amazing how like Naito is like pretty much the last of the Mohicans from the NJ- NJPW's, you know, golden age in like the early mid aughts. Yeah, and they still hate him, and Gato still fucking hates him. I don't get it because he was he ne- they never wanted him to be the guy, and. Now I think the idea is if they make him the guy, it's like a surrender. Then surrender, bitch. I really, I, I'm just like, then surrender. Well, like who knows? Maybe if you know, maybe because the only time he did win, he had a huge win. They immediately buried him the same night. They buried him a uh, thirty seconds later. For a dude who's not even in the promotion anymore. Well, he is in the promotion, but who, I mean, who's not even uh, in the top tier anymore. 
is nuts. You know, yeah. but listen, Tan maybe Tana is Hashi is the Derrick Rose, isn't he? Jesus. Yeah. Nah, Jesus. Yeah. That's and like Tommy DeVito to just put a cherry on top and tie this all together. Mm. Like Tommy DeVito was it's not just like his existence that like got him to be this, you know, pseudo star. The NFL has like at every turn been like, ha, look how Italian he is. You know, they show his parents, they show his agent, they show his celebration. <laughs> yeah, wait. Before we get over this, his agent looked wild. You can't tell me that his agent didn't look like he's just like, make sure you buried him with the fishes. Like his agent. I don't, I don't think he's real. I think the NFL like invented him as a manager um, to he, you know, push Tommy DeVito. <laughs> like they booked, they they booked him. They're like, hey, we got a guy for you. We're gonna put you two together. Okay, he definitely look like he should be with um, homie from NXT, um, uh, the Italian dude with the, the mobster. I forget his name. God damn it! Why is it escaping? And he's one of my favorites too, and his name is also yeah, escaping me right now. I don't know why, but he looks like he should be a member of his family. Like when they say, make sure he sleeps with the fishes. Like it right. looks like he's making the call. Like yeah. I got him, boss. <laughs> I got him. All right, let's talk promotions because oh, yeah. I've been so excited for like of our like discussion topics of our like reviews and mm -hmm. inventing shit, create or whatever. This has been my favorite so far. And I, and I yes. really love that we're stretching it out. This week, we're talking the logistics of the promotion. Yes. So this week, we're talking logistics. Next week, we're going to be booking to our first pay-per-views. So we yeah. also got to give our first pay-per-view names. And uh, even, you know, titles, all that type of stuff we'll go over today. Um, you said you wanted to make a switch, though. Yes. Um, so so I went down at my eight man roster mm -hmm. and I was struck by a name that made no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at James Storm at four and I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, like now I feel now I get like GMs who draft somebody mm -hmm. and they, they are like the drizzling shits. And like, I, I understood they're like, sometimes you just go blind. Trey Lance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were like, I have not like I, I, I can't do anything with you. <laughs> because James fucking Storm. I like looked at a few days later. I'm like, I'm picked a guy whose name was never even that huge as a name dude. And and is past his prime and his at his like who's wrestling in OVW. I'm gonna tell you the truth. When you said James Storm, I just looked at you like, oh. If you go like if you go back and look at the video, I'm just like I don't know. Maybe I was just trying to be too smart. Um but or maybe <laughs> I was thinking of like beer money, James Storm, or early NWA James Storm. Probably. Yeah. I've never seen NWA James Storm. So But I mean like Jack, that was four years ago, almost five years ago. Mm. So I'm gonna replace him. Okay. Uh, because it's a free agent promotion, so I can kick him out and replace him, and it's all fine. Now, I'll, I'll walk me through the two picks, is, or it's even three picks. My three picks, I was thinking the replacement, or Dolph Ziggler for another name. Oh, so you're oh. replacing Dolph, too? No, I didn't draft Dolph. Oh, oh, okay. Dolph right. is still on our board. 
Right, right. When you're talking about he's like the biggest pick we left off. Yes, he was. Was we can go, we can pick Dolph as the biggest name that wasn't, as a big name, a marquee name. Right. Uh, I was thinking leaning further into death matches and going Masashi Takeda, Takata, who's, if you've seen his match against Jonathan Gresham and Bloodsport, the dude can go, and the dude can go beyond death matches. Um, or Charles Mason as a underrated indie stud. And I thought of the three names. I think I eliminated Takeda first because I don't know how much longer he has to go. Right. And I went back and forth between Dolph Ziggler and Mason. And ultimately, I'm going to go with Mason as so my... Charles Mason is your replacement. Charles for Mason, stuff. because he can do the deathmatch stuff. He can do the regular stuff. He can generate great heat. He's an incredible heel. He can be an all-around guy for me, um, and I'm going to move him into – for now, he's going to be my new depth chart on the men's side is Leo Rush, Darius Carter, Sammy Callahan. Hammerstone is going to slide into my fourth spot. Effie is going to be my fifth guy, and then I'm going to have Charles Mason at sixth, Josh Barnett seven, Enzo Amari at eight. Okay. Okay. Deathmatch with uh, Charles Mason and Effie sounds like mm, good shit, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like some good shit there. Yeah. All right, cool. Now, do you want to go right. band for band with our promotion logistics? Like, are we both say our colors and then we both say our titles? Yes. Yeah, that's kind of how we do things here. I'm for yeah. it. I'm with the shits. Cool. So I'll let you go first. Me we, first? We, have okay. prob- we probably have different stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's just go colors first keep it easy i'm going pink and blue ropes pink and blue aprons mm-hmm. the ramp is gonna have pink and blue trimming coming down okay. um and the turnbuckles as well is going to be blue top turnbuckle uh actually no because i want the njpw boxing turnbuckles where it goes straight down Ooh. but they're still going to be a very pretty uh pink and blue blend where okay. if you been on my website, jacksimon.com, uh, is my background. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there. Uh, <laughs> quick plug. Pink and blue. And then I was thinking a black canvas. Have I, I have you seen it... a wrestling company with a black canvas? I, I'm a little worried about how it's going to shoot, but I, I'm going to stick with it for now. That's different. That's very different. I like that. I yeah. like that. Um, for my setup, my setup, my colors are um, purple, gold, and white. Ooh. So, I like colors. Similar. I'm not a Lakers fan. This is odd. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a LeBron fan. not a Lakers fan. Cool. Um, so... The, the ropes I want white. I do want the banner around the ring cool. to be purple. So I want okay. white white ropes, uh, white canvas, purple around the ring. Uh, like a, a a very rich violet that almost looks like a, like a deep royal purple, like around it. And then um, I want lights going up the ramp. So it's like kind of if you remember SmackDown, have you set up the lights 
they would shine from like one side to the other. They had like the little lighting yeah. things. So I want that up the ramp and it's like purple and gold. And uh, turnbuckle style. I didn't even think about that. Um, turnbuckle style, probably regular like, traditional wrestling. Yeah. I think it's I mean, a good I idea. Like I didn't think about it. You didn't even have to have like a turnbuckle style. I That was just one thing I know I really wanted. But one thing I did know, whew, excuse me. Um, <laughs> I kind of want my announced team kind of like, so you know how you have the barrier around the ring, like the barricade. Yeah. I kind of want them in the crowd in the barricade around, kind of like a New Japan type style. So it's like they're like into like they're behind the barrier, mm. you know, even more. So it, it kind of has a New Japan look. Yeah. Why don't you give so, me your announcers then while we're talking about that? Uh, Veda Scott was one. Yeah. Um, Veda Scott's one of my commentators, and I don't. Damn, I didn't even think about free agent commentator. Holy shit. Um, give me Matt Stryker. Nice. Veda Always Scott, Matt, Matt Stryker. Stryker guy. Veda Scott, Matt Stryker. I'm going to have. So Josh Barnett. Because it's, he's not really going to be wrestling a lot because he can't. Mm, no. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm pairing him with uh, Joey Janela, which don't tell me that doesn't sound so much fun. You can't tell me that doesn't sound like so much fucking fun. And they're going to get kind of the old Monday Night Raw announcer spot up by the ramp away from the him. amount of fights. AEW, I think, is like that too. Of yeah, course. but there's more actually on the stage. Like, you remember Raw was like they had right. their own stage. Yeah, no, so they're off stage. Yeah, so they're the Raw okay. one. The amount of fights your locker room is going to get into. Like, right. funny enough. With Joey Janela on announcing. It's just like you just do a little more kerosene into the fire. Josh <laughs> Barnett is going to be the sheriff. It's going to be fine. You added Joey Janela. He, if, if we thought Affy didn't give a fuck, you know Joey Janela don't it's give a fuck. It's funny because Joey Janela and Ed Zayamore have gotten into a shoot fight. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You just created more war. One of our listeners legit said he's not making it to the pay-per-view. Like, it's this promotion is not making it past the second week. Like, no one's going to... He's. <laughs> but the the words that was distinctly you, you, told. You guys just aren't open-minded. No, the worst that was distinctly told. What's going to happen when Ivalice in fucking Ronda Rousey match does not go right? What is going to happen? <laughs> actually see something. There's a worse scenario that I concocted in my head. Is, oh, which I think is more possible. Is Ronda Rousey and Ivalice are best friends. I feel like that's much... That's a more likely possibility and a much worse possibility. <laughs> or a much worse outcome. I no, oh. you're not making it to the pay per view. You, you I'm do making it to the pay per view. You're not open minded. All, right, all, right. all right, next thing. What's the next titles? Thing? Um, I have five titles, which sounds like a lot until, but mm -hmm. let me break this down. I have a world men's title, mm -hmm. which you have to be on the roster for. You have, a, right. I have a world woman's title. I have a tag team title. Mm -hmm. Um, and. Those you all have to be on the roster for. What you don't have to be on the roster to hold is my deathmatch title. Okay. And 
I'm going to have a scramble 24-7 belt that is here. at the end of the show. At the end of my show, if you have the belt, you get a cash bonus. So there's okay. meaning behind it. That's different. Yeah. So the show closes, you have the belt, you hold it for a week, and it's closed. And then, like, uh, I'll say for two weeks. And then two weeks before the show starts, it goes online again. Okay. It it immediately becomes, um, it it becomes, what's it called? Available? Not not available, because the person who held it before still holds it. Vacant? Huh? Vacant? No, no, no. Because the person who held it at the end of last show. Mm-hmm. It becomes open challenge again. It becomes 20, the 24-7 oh, stipulation okay. turns back on. So basically, um, it's like there's a hold. There's like a pause, and then it's back. It's active, like how you said, yeah. Yes. Okay. Because, so I guess I should clarify too. I'm, my, I'm running once a month. Oh. Yeah, so I have 12 shows a year. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like I have, that. Tw- I have 12 shows a year, two weeks before the show. Uh, the twenty four seven belt becomes uh, open again. It becomes the the switch is turned on. Wait, does that mean you only have one show before your pay per view? No, so I'm gonna have one pay per view a year, and so I'll build. So when we do our build, I'll do like six months out. So okay. that sounds fair to you. That's interesting. That's different. Yeah, I like it because I want. I want a season finale feel. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Which I you can do for the four, like you can do if you have like four pay per views a year, which AEW should go back to, but it's neither here nor there. But you'll un- there also you'll understand why mm. when I get into like your booking, the, the, the not just the booking, but like the travel logistics and shit like that. Okay, um, which we'll talk about later. So give me your titles. Um, um, and then I guess follow up too with how many times you're running uh, a month, a year, a week, whatever. So I'm doing four titles, basic okay. four titles, men's championship, women's championship, um, tag team, of course. Yeah. And then um, I, I'm still trying to figure out a name, but I kind of want to, I, I do want to open challenge though. Okay. I want to call it the Invitational, like Revolutionary Invitational. Cool. Something like that. And that one is contested almost under, like, FTW, ECW, uh, anything goes type of rules. Um, So it's just a deathmatch title and you refuse to acknowledge it as so. Because I don't see it as fully deathmatch because I'm not fully into, I'm not deathmatch man that you, so, you know. That's what it is. But, yeah, that's a fully open invitation to belt. Um, and that's to anybody, any promotion, you know, that we could work with. Um, I want to do bi-weekly. So cool. every two weeks we run a show. Yeah. So we would do, like, a pay-per-view probably after three shows because it'd be, like, it'd be two hours each time bi-weekly. You have it. We have eight people, so I feel like that's enough time to get people on the car, travel, get enough stories running, and then do a pay per view. And I'm thinking like four, like around four pay per views, like three to four pay per views is my goal. Mm-hmm. Because then it's like it, I think it's just it's healthy. 
to like just keep it circling like that. My main thing is I kind of want us to be more like Eastern based. So Upper East. You're like a regional promotion. Yeah. So I'm thinking more Philly, New York, Connecticut, Boston, um, stuff like that. Yeah. More than anything, I would love to go to the Carolinas, possibly, but that is kind of south. <laughs> so different territory, brother. Different territory. Ooh, you touched my table thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's kind of like my idea right there. It's like Eastern bound because I feel like one, those crowds, those things are it's always hot. Two, it's every two weeks. So you know, we could do we could if we could do New York for two for New York for a show. We can go to Jersey, go to Philly, pay-per-view, one of those areas. It can maybe burn us out, but also it could be something very unique because it's not like every week. Yeah. It's like a little break in between. So, you know. Um, one thing I'm very interested in, I kind of want to – this is one thing that I kind of – like as a selling point. We're doing stuff different in regards to like promos and stuff. There we, our main focus is not in ring promos. Like in ring promos, at most, is probably like one a show for five to seven minutes at that. Like when I say in and out, we get to that point quick. It's all about the the craps over there. But it's mostly backstage. If we are doing promos, the more things we do in this backstage, maybe it could be the Continental Classic has very much spoiled me, but I love kind of like this shot backstage promo thing where it just feels more organic. It doesn't yeah. feel so set up. You don't have to worry about looking at the hard cam. It's just being played throughout the arena, throughout the, the, the small venue, because I want small venues also. I don't want big-ass fucking Barclays Center-ass fucking arenas, no. <laughs> give me the small. Give me Hammerstone. Give me a Hammerstein ballroom or a Melrose ballroom, and we're going to run stuff like that. Love it. Uh, I had to resist the urge to do like a progress at- Atlas championship, like just doing a Haas belt 265 and over. But I didn't. I was like, I just can't have another title in there. I did want to do a modified pure rules title. Be- but then I was just like, right, you just can't have too many titles. Yeah. Uh, and even though like I, each one of my titles are very unique and distinct mm-hmm. in their meaning, um, and I'm going to book all of them. Like I'm gonna book all of their first champions when we get there. Yeah, um, it's still like yeah, but it, like you can't have six for a small promotion. No, and like the death match and scram and twenty four seven belt is gonna be held by people outside of the promotion. Um, yeah, like you know, free agents coming in and out for like two or three spot shows or whatever. And I don't have enough big guys to, you know, warrant an Atlas to warrant a, a Haas championship, which means more free agents coming in and out. And now things are really complicated. So that's, I, I let that go. Yeah. Um, for my, um, this is the part I'm most excited for. Okay. Uh, Bonkers Pro Wrestling. Because it's, <laughs> I forgot this, the name of the company. <laughs> We're only running once a month because all of our shows are going to be in weird spots, weird, unique venues, um, such as a New York City rooftop in the Aspen Art, the Aspen, Colorado Art Museum, the Meow Wolf in Vegas, the Chicago Planetarium. Um, We're going to go back to Mall of America. We're going to do. Yeah, go. 
did you just say an art museum? Yeah. You're gonna have a death match in an art museum. Yeah. Or maybe that's the week we skipped the death match. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> like I'm about to say, you can't have blood splatter on priceless art. We'll have tarps. You're not open-minded. I'm just saying, like some of those, some of those art pieces might but be a worth death more match than in the Chicago artwork. Planetarium. Do you know what Meow Wolf is? No, it was Meow Wolf. Meow, you bro, you would everything aside, you would dig up Meow Wolf so fucking mm-hmm. much. It's all immersive art exhibit where like once you walk in you're in that universe and you can touch everything everything is uh, interactable they have people going around like characters actors playing characters in that world um the art itself is beautiful everything in there is art like there's no blank space where is this it's in chicago uh vegas which is where i want to hold mine Chicago, mm-hmm. Vegas. They just opened one in Dallas. Um, wait, did I say sh- not Chicago? Denver, Vegas, uh, Dallas. Uh, the original one is in Santa Fe. I might have to go check this out. Yeah, no, there, there are amazing. They're really, really incredible shit. Um, and hosting a like that's where a twenty four seven belt is going to shine the most because they're going to be running around. In a immersive universe. That sounds actually yeah. pretty fucking trippy. Yeah. Like pinfalls happening everywhere. That's actually and, cool. Yeah. And the other one, uh, Town of Tombstone, which if I'm sure nobody's been to, but it's the gun. It's one of my favorite towns. It's so ridiculous. It's where they had the gunfight at the OK Corral and they eventually <laughs> made a movie of it. But the whole town has now like... um like sold its soul to be to to recreate like this atmosphere of tombstone of like the wild west so the whole downtown is dirt roads they have shows that go on in the street the all the bars are called saloons like it's ridiculous and it sounds like an old western ass town yeah no that's exactly what it is yeah um and we're gonna put a pro wrestling ring right in the middle of that and we're and I don't know where we're gonna have our pay per view yet. I'm gonna I gotta think of something crazy, but it's gonna be awesome. My first pay per view, because my idea is to run it up until summer. Like I want the summer to be our off season. Yeah. But our first pay per view, well, our first pay per view be coming back from September, around September time, usually in New York. I want our first play, our first uh, pay per view to be in Brooklyn. Coney Island. Oh, nice. At the Cyclones State at the Cyclones uh arena. That's a brilliant pick. Because I feel like there's nothing better than it's still 60, 70 degrees out. Yes. Wrestling on the boardwalk in Coney Island. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. That's that's so, a stroke of brilliance. That is where I want That makes me need to step back. up my game for my <laughs> review. Um, um and I guess I should mention here too. Mm-hmm. Um going to be taped because it's just going to be way too expensive to shoot this shit live yeah um at these weird places and we're going to be taped on uh fight tv yes i had fight tv too my thing to run every two weeks is because we would be recording so anything that like we we would run the shows every two weeks live but okay, the idea is to do well 
not live. We taped the shows every two weeks, but then we would really be putting out like six weeks of content. So okay, instead of us, kind of like Impact, how Impact come like they come together, they tape like an episode or two, and then they'll put them out. Cost so, efficient. Yes, cost efficient. Two, I'm thinking two things actually on top of fight. I want fight and um, either fight or YouTube subscription. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. But I'm yeah. thinking fight for pay per view, YouTube subscription for a TV show. See, and I, I like flipped it. Mm. Like, I wanted to put it on YouTube as like one of those movies you can rent on YouTube. Yeah. Because See, you know, we, ha- we have our channel and then I'll have like a buy because it's going to be taped anyways. Mm. So then you have like buy event, like you would have like a buy a movie on YouTube. Uh, I think the main thing is to just do it on YouTube is we can get paid paid like advertisement. Yeah. Like advertisement space. So it's like, yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah. Go ahead. My shit's going to be like, you know, I'm viral baiting. Like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So like, that's why I think YouTube is really good for Mm pay-per-views. You can click right from that into, oh, let me just buy that while I'm here. Definitely. We definitely would do like a buy-in type of uh like pre-show for our pay-per-view where it's like also where it's like oh we're doing a promotional show like a live show for like on youtube and then it's like a buy-in where it's just like hey you could also pay right now on the discounted price <laughs> to get a subscription for the first one at least yeah yeah so that's the goal right there uh, do we have anything to book uh else to book um, for Ooh, let me see. Hold on. I just had to look because I think we hit all the points, but uh, oh my god, someone just reminded me on your day's Christmas. <laughs> someone just wrote to me and it was like they wrote like you know when you're in a work group chat, like I'm in a Slack group chat, and someone was like, Hey, it's seven days before Christmas, and I was just like <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to say Um No, we have oh no, no, you kind of hit your selling point. Yeah. The my selling point is going to be the weird head. places that we do. Well, it, it, my biggest selling point is like, hey, come watch us do wrestling in weird places. Yeah. So. And viral moments. Fully, I think we, I think we definitely hit it. Um, I just know for my first venues, I'm doing um, Hammerstein. Hammerstein yeah. Ballroom's our first kickoff show. Um, then I would like to do EC or ECW Arena in Philly, and then to bring us back for our to prepare for our main event. I mean, for our pay per view, because as I said, we're doing like we're booking, like we're we're recording multiple shows, so that's our four weeks, and then after that, my is going to be Melrose uh, Ballroom in in New York City. And then that's going to lead us into um, Cyclones like Arena. So for our first pay-per-view, which I think would be dope. An outdoor pay-per-view, you know, an outdoor pay-per-view for your first one. Yeah. A good crowd. In a, in a nice little minor league baseball stadium. That, exactly. Like, is you still hosting weird events like that? Love weird it. events, boardwalk. You can always pull people for a walk-up. Yeah. It's all of that right there. So Stroke of genius. Boom. I don't think I have anything else to book. All right, then 
Let us know in the comments. Hit us up if you got a promotion or an idea that you want to get through. If you have a weird place that you want to see a wrestling event happen, let me know at JackDocSimon on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and always check out my website at JackSimonMakes.com for all of my creative endeavors. Real quick, oh. I want to know. Yes. Um, crap. Hold on. Give me one Real second. quick. An out the door comment. <laughs> because um one thing I definitely want people to give us some feedback on if they are up to it, you know, fully are, is what would your kind of fan like we've given both of our rosters, what would be some people's possible bookings? Like how would they book certain things? Who would you want to see in the first title matches of our both of our um companies or organizations? And I think that'd be really dope to get people's feedback um, in regards to that. Beyond that, yeah, let me know as well, uh, Life of Deem, or you can always DM the page, Wrestling With Romance, that's our Instagram. You can always DM us, put in the comments, whatever it is, just let us know what you think. Um, if you have any ideas, if you had to pluck out an organization, how would you do it? Um, I think what people don't understand is running weekly TV live is a bitch, is a Bitch. <laughs> like I thought about it and then I was just like, oh no. Oh no. I was just like, oh no. Like that is not happening. Like that is not happening. But yeah, that's it, man. Um beyond that, we'll see you guys next week. Love it. Deuces. Deuces. <laughs>